Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, Xbox. I'm said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of December 3rd, 2020, including Xbox Series X and S are getting some new UI features this month, 343 shoots down rumors of a Halo Infinite Battle Royale mode, Mech Warriors is coming back to Xbox, and more. back to another week of the number one PlayStation podcast that is all about the Xbox, Xbox On. Guys, I thought we'd start this week by addressing the Game Awards, which is, you know, it's that time of year again. It's the month of December. We've made it to the end of 2020 if you're one of those people, as it seems like almost everyone is, who just keeps saying, oh, fuck 2020, as if, you know, a year, a 12-month span of time has the ability to make or break good events and bad events as if that like as if as if a year's worth of time is you know a way to measure whether or not life is good or bad but 2020 is uh, almost coming to a close we're now in the month of December the final month of the year and with that comes the game awards it comes around you know usually the second week of every December anyway it's next week um, it's next Thursday and I know the show normally goes live on Thursdays so I was wondering if maybe I should delay the episode, delay next week's episode uh, to accommodate the Game Awards. But in order to really do that, I had to delay the episode by two days because since, you know, normally the show goes live on Thursday morning, but the Game Awards is Thursday night. So I would have to spend Thursday night watching the Game Awards and then the next day, Friday after work, I'd have to record and edit the podcast, and that would mean it would go live like you know Saturday morning the next the next day. And I thought that's like two days of of delaying all for the Game Awards. And you know, usually the Game Awards has some decent announcements. Like last year, we got a little something called the Xbox Series X reveal there. So you know that that's a, that's an event that's no stranger to big announcements. But I'm pretty confident that this year. We're not going to see any like jaw-dropping, massive Xbox-related announcements. Although, you know, two years ago we got Outer Worlds, and last year we got Series X. So usually we do get some pretty decent information. But uh, Microsoft has already kind of come out and been like, hey, we're going to be at the Game Awards, but we're not going to have like massive updates. We're not going to have massive Halo news. So like temper the expectations there. And they just launched the Xbox. So while there definitely will be news and announcements to cover from the Game Awards, I'm, I'm not certain that we're going to like have like massive significant Xbox news nothing that warrants you know delaying the show to accommodate so we'll just talk about it on the next week's episode but so yeah it will be about a week old the information from the game awards by the time we finally cover it on the show but nonetheless I don't really want to move the schedule around to accommodate this you know something that may or may not you know some information that may or may not get announced so we'll just we'll just take our chances and roll the dice this year maybe it's a stupid gamble uh, but I don't get, I don't give a shit. So we're just going to do that. Um, but yeah, also it, just in case you were interested in the game awards, it's, it's next Thursday. So be sure to tune into that. It's a, it's a weird show. It's kind of like a half interesting, half not so interesting show. It's like, 
you know, I don't really give a shit about the awards and all the pretentious bullshit about it, but I do care about the announcements. So they kind of sucker people like me into watching the game awards because I care about the announcements and, and the E3 kind of feeling of the event. So whatever. Um, that's the first thing I wanted to address. Now, enough of this Xbox related information. Let's start off this week with some comments, shout outs from the YouTube comment section. Uh, remember, if you ever want to write in, you can go over to youtube.com. Look up Second Best Gaming. That's where you'll find my channel, uh, and named famously after my high school rock band. And then you'll see a playlist for the Xbox on podcast. Click on the latest episode, leave your comments, uh, insult me, ask me relationship advice, anything you'd like to do, and we will read it on next week's episode. Uh, so that's always where these comments are, are pulled from. But yeah, let's uh, let's jump into this week's comments for those of you who knew all of that, who who knew the inside secrets on how to comment and had some insight to share. Now, I got to be honest, this week, I'll just let me let me just warn you. This week is a very uh off-topic food heavy bullshitty comment section. You know, some weeks it's a little more geared towards actual news topics, actual conversation. This week is a little heavy on the on the bullshitting and the fast food talk. So, if you're not one of those people who enjoys that, which I know some of you are, uh, you can just skip ahead a couple minutes, but for for those of us who are sane and who understand that you can't have Xbox without the McDonald's, you know it's time to strap in and and, uh, and, and prepare yourself for a handful of doozy comments that all about the things like the McRib and whatnot. So our first comment comes from Heinz Dampf, first-time commenter, who says, Hi, hey Jesse. I stumbled across your podcast, and I have to say it's the best Xbox-wise. You're doing a great job, funny, entertaining, and fresh. I always look forward to a new episode. I also would like to ask you as a European uh, who only knows McDonald's, KFC, and Burger King, if we hire you as a fast food consultant when this COVID uh, shtick is over and we could finally visit the U.S., what restaurants would you take us to? Until then, keep gaming, stay healthy. Greetings from Germany. So this is the perfect example. First of all, thank you so much for writing in. This is the perfect example of a question I wish I had kind of briefed myself on a little better before just recording because... I really should have taken this is a, this is a serious question that deserves serious thought and uh, and so, you know some thoughtful response and I wish I took the time to sit down pen and paper and really you know draft out a thorough kind of response to this. Okay, so let, let's put this into context. You're a European or you're a, you're a European. You're from the the great nation of Germany where they actually give a shit about global warming and and doing things like creating cool modes of public transportation that are futuristic and and rely on alternative uh, energy forms and not just fossil fuels. So you're from the great nation of Germany, and in this great nation, you have access to wonderful fast food restaurants like McDonald's and then mediocre fast food restaurants that are a little more hit or miss, like KFC and Burger King. But you're saying, you know, if you could bring your American restaurants over here or if you could introduce us to more of your American fast food restaurants, what would you enlighten us with? Oh, my God. Okay. First of all, and this should come as no surprise as we talk about a lot on this show, Taco fucking Bell. You know, everyone in the world needs to know about Taco Bell. Taco Bell is to Tex-Mex what McDonald's is to, you know, burgers and fries. It is it is the fast food standard for, like, Mexican, Tex-Mex, whatever, you know, tacos, burritos kind of food. It is a crying shame uh, that at least according to your comment here or the, or what your comment imp implies is that you don't have access to Taco Bell living in Germany. That's just a crying shame. Maybe that's why you guys have spent so much time on 
you know, infrastructure and industrialization is because you haven't, you know, with, with the frustration that comes with not having access to Taco Bell, you've had to invest your time and energy into other projects. And I'm sorry that that's the case for you. But yeah, Taco Bell for sure is like the number one. Taco Bell is a restaurant I'm so passionate about because it's one of those restaurants where everyone's going to lie to you and say, oh, you know, Taco Bell is shit food. It's 2 a.m. food. It's food you only eat when you're drunk and you need something to kind of, you know, you know, taste good in the middle of the night when everything else is closed. It's like that's the only time it's acceptable. This is just simply not the case. I will tell you as someone with an iron stomach that Taco Bell is is good anytime food. There's a reason why they sell breakfast, and it's because Taco Bell is indeed good at 7 a.m. And so I highly recommend Taco Bell. The the Crunchwrap Supreme is a gem. The chicken chalupas are by far the best chalupas in the world. I, that is, you know, that is authentic and fast food and everything taken into account. The, the chicken chalupas at Taco Bell are unparalleled. Their special limited time menu items, you know, the things to kind of get you in the door and get you to come out to Taco Bell are always something to to behold. You know, recently they did the grilled cheese burrito, which was just so fabulous. I've had it maybe... 12, 15 times, uh, and uh, I don't regret a single one, although it has cut my life expectancy uh, basically in half, but, you know, I, I, I really do highly recommend Taco Bell. Another, you know, big one for me is Popeye's. You say you have KFC here, so Popeye's is just basically a KFC competitor, kind of like how Burger King is a McDonald's competitor. Popeye's is a KFC competitor. Its whole like marketing shtick is that it's it's like, you know, Louisiana, like Cajun themed, you know, it's a little more spice, a little more flavor, a little bit more of that soul to it. it I mean, it's still fast food fried chicken. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt, but it is significantly better than KFC. Now, I know in Europe and also in Asia, a lot of these big fast food chains like McDonald's and KFC will actually invest a lot more into making their menus not so basic and shitty, and you'll have higher quality food, you'll have access to alcohol, more you know inspired and robust specialty items on the menu. So I can't speak to the KFCs in Germany, but speaking from someone who's had KFC many times here in the US, I can confirm that KFC is mostly hot garbage. The chicken is just okay. The best part of it really is just the seasoning. The chicken itself is kind of like, eh. The sides are mostly garbage. The biscuits are like mediocre at best. Even their exclusive flavor of Mountain Dew at KFC, which is a sweet lightning. It's a peach flavored Mountain Dew is absolute like just mediocre garbage. Uh, I cannot recommend KFC, at least here in the States to save my life. But if you fear not, if you need your fast food fried chicken fix, Popeye's is the place. Their chicken is phenomenal. You can get it spicy. You can get it mild. Although I always think it tastes the same. I feel like every time I ask for spicy, they just give me mild. Whatever. You can pick between the dark meat and the white meat. Of course, you got to go dark meat. It's way more flavorful. And then their sides are pretty good. They have amazing French fries. They're super like, they're like double battered and fried. So they're super crispy, well seasoned. Um, they have mediocre dirty rice, but they also have, you know, good mashed potatoes and gravy. Their biscuits are a little dry and boring, but their desserts are pretty good. So overall Popeye's, you know, they really nail, really nail it on all the things that really matter like the chicken i highly highly recommend popeyes it's a uh, another one of those fast food restaurants where i'm like it's it's a shame that this isn't more popular because it deserves to be and of course you know popeyes recently rose to fame with the introduction of the chicken sandwich that they have but it seems like even that's kind of waned or or the excitement the initial excitement of that menu item has kind of waned now i feel obligated to mention this that 
if you ask your average American, you know, what are some fast food restaurants that you think that Europeans might be interested to try or, or be remiss uh, that they don't have access to over in their territory? And, you know, I feel like most people would tell you things like, oh, in California, we got In-N-Out Burger. It's so famous because California and famous people, you know, you'll see it in movies and that makes it cool. And then you'll hear like Chick-fil-A is so good because it's so good. I like that they're nice to you and that everything is twice as expensive as other fast food restaurants. And you'll hear a lot of things like that. Now, take that with a grain of salt as well. You know, I've never had it in an Outburger, so I can't I can't speak to it. But I can tell you that Chick-fil-A, while definitely a must try if you have the opportunity to have it, is really not as good as as people say it is. So temper your expectations if you're ever given the opportunity to have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. It is going to be great. But it is not this like end all be all ultimate food that people make it out to be. Let's see. Other than that, you know, fast food. Goddamn, there's just so many options. I know the second I'm done hitting record, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss this. You know, one fast food restaurant that I can admit it's objectively awful that I like anyway is called Fasoli's. 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 It's um it's this like drive through Italian restaurant, and they exist like nowhere in Florida. They don't exist in Florida. In Georgia, there's only like two of them. There's one like so South Georgia, it might as well be Florida, which is like three hours from me. And then there's one in like, so North Georgia, it might as well be Tennessee. So they're, they're like not anywhere like where I'm from in Georgia. They're like passerby interstate locations, but it's this restaurant called, called Fasoli's and it's, you know, fast food, like pizza, pasta, spaghetti, meatballs, chicken, Parmesan, antipasta salad, you know, cannolis and tiramisu and Italian food, right? Breadsticks, shit like that. Uh, chicken Alfredo. And it's a, it's kind of objectively awful and super greasy, but I have a really big soft spot for it because maybe just because the fact that you only find it on like interstates and stuff, uh, I always associate it with this fast food that I can only have if I'm road tripping because that's the only time I ever see it is like in remote towns, like off the interstate. So I always have a fondness for that just because, you know, the only times I've ever been able to have it or like when I'm on a road trip to go to a place, you know, vacation, that kind of association. Um, but I, I do enjoy a Fasoli's. You'll almost definitely never ever see one because even if you live in the U S you know, people here don't even see them, but I do enjoy that place quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's when I recommend, I mean, it, I, again, like I'm going to regret when I'm done hitting record, I'm going to think of a million that I wish I, I'd mentioned, but you know, there's so many, I like Arby's. I feel like Arby's doesn't get a fair rep. Um, Wendy's is whatever it's overrated, you know, don't try in the fast food ones. If someone tells you like to go to long John, Sil long John Silver's or Captain D's, uh, that means they're a psychopath and you should distance yourself from them immediately. So there are a lot of fast food restaurants. I, I don't know. You can't really go wrong for the most part. Just uh, think of it like this. For, for the majority of fast food restaurants, if you don't have access to it where you're from, just know that you are missing out. So thank you for writing in. That's a wonderful question. I would love to speak more on that. And thank you just for writing in in general. I appreciate you listening to the show. Now, Count Scottula comes in with our next comment here and says, keeping it short for Turkey Day. You know, last, last week the show posted on Thanksgiving. We call it Turkey day for those of you not here in the in the states as it were you say tool maturity time and learning curve are the reasons why we're seeing performance hiccups on xbox 
devs are still teething. I 100% agree with that. That's, of course, in regards to the whole PS5 game uh, outperforming Xbox on certain games in certain circumstances. I think that's pretty much obviously the answer that it's just a lot of whole like optimization. We need more time with the console, these kinds of things. This is a temporary issue we're seeing that will be addressed in due time. And it's a, it's really a non-issue at the end of the day. You also say PS5 controller is cool. Xbox controller perfects layout and comfort. Xbox really should combine them. I agree. I wish Xbox tried to add some more cool features to the Xbox Series X controller and tried to make it a little more quote-unquote next-gen. But I also really appreciate that they just, you know, made the controller a little more refined. Now, I will say this. I, I was a little also, like, kind of mildly disappointed that there wasn't more to the new Xbox controller. But I will I will say this. This past week, you know, I'm really weird with my controllers. I, I do this weird thing where, like, my hands have to be, like, uh, like sparkly clean, super dry, no oil, no, like, grease or anything, no, no lotion on my hands if I touch a controller. Because I want my controller to stay in good con- condition. I know they kind of wear out as you play them. So my whole thing is, like, if I'm going to play Xbox, I got to wash my hands thoroughly before I can touch the controller. It's weird, but it's how I am. Deal with it. So there was this, there, you know, earlier this week, I was having a day where, like, my skin was just really dry. So I put on a lot of lotion on my hands, and I was like, you know, I really don't want to get this oily lotion on my new Xbox controller. So let me just use one of my old Xbox One controllers since they work on the Series X. So I was playing like Yakuza or whatever using this older Xbox One controller. And I was like, you know what? After, you know, 30, 50, whatever hours I've spent with my Xbox Series X now, going back to an Xbox One controller, now I feel the difference. Like now it does feel like a different controller. Like the Xbox One controller does feel a little bit bigger. It feels not like bigger, like it feels like wider. It feels like there's more of a gap and a distance between the handles on the controller. There's less grip on it. I, I immediately missed the share button. I tried to hit where the share button is to take a screenshot at one point. And I was like, oh yeah, they, I have to go hit the Xbox button and press X or Y or whatever to take a screenshot. So I missed that. And there's just, you know, the D-pad, I was like, Weirdly enough, even though the D-pad looks way prettier on the Xbox One controller, I think it feels way better on the Xbox Series X controller. So it's one of those weird things where like going back, I was able to realize how much I appreciate the new controller. But, you know, if you just if you just buy an Xbox Series X or S and try out the new controller, you might be initially disappointed by how not so different it feels. But it, it is, I think once you get more used to it and then you try to go back, you'll you'll notice the difference. Now, you also say, Count Scott, you love that Taco Bell steak taquitos bring them back. I agree. I think those are the ones that they served with that weird like ranch sauce that was super good. You say, I'll try Yakuza now. It's been on my list, but I just keep bumping it. Definitely try it. Do not sleep on it. Start with Yakuza 0. It's an amazing game. 30 hours fly by. I swear, it's one. It's a rare example of a game where it is super lengthy and that's super daunting, but you do not feel like the game is nearly as long as it is. Like it feel if it's if I tell you it's 30 hours to beat Yakuza 0, it feels like 15. Like I swear to god, it's just such a it's such a compelling game. It sucks you in once you're like 2 hours in at least, you're just like, "Okay, I'm in. This is my game." Oh my god, especially once you just start exploring more like Majima's story and all that. I promise you, it's it's absolutely worth your time. Play Yakuza 0, it's beautiful. If you'd rather start with Yakuza 1, that's a little more accessible since it's an 18 hour game, it's a shorter game. Uh, but I think Yakuza Zero has a far superior story, so definitely start with Zero if you if you can make the commitment. And then lastly, you say thanks for the shout out at the end of uh, last week's episode, probably the last public appearance a Huxley song will ever make. Perfect way to go out. Uh, you're of course referring to the fact that we closed out last week's episode with your old high school band's uh, music, which we will also be doing again this week. So I appreciate 
you sending that music in. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I know my brother commented in on, on it as well. He enjoyed it. So I'm sure many of you enjoyed it. And if, and if you didn't enjoy it, fuck you. I'm going to play it anyway. So because I enjoy it. So our next comment here comes from Mavsman who says, Jesse, it's a good thing you didn't get to try it. In and out burger, they are just okay, and those french fries or more like lightly fried mashed potato sticks are the worst. Soggy, limp-ass french fries. Disgusted emoji. Well, Mavs man, you're actually not the first one to tell me that in and out has pretty awful french fries. I can tell just by looking at them that they're pretty awful. I, If I'm not mistaken, are they crinkle-cut fries? I don't, I don't remember. I think they are. Let me... You know, that's going to kill me if I don't know the answer. We can't, we can't not know. Let me look this up real quick. Got a new tab open here. We're going to Bing in and out burger. I don't know if we do images, get those search points for the day. No, they are not crinkle cut fries. Yeah, but they're definitely like, they're like kind of like those um five guys French fries. Oh, a side note, Heinz Dampf burger fry, Shake Shack, and five guys. Those are three must try fast food restaurants. They're all like those uh, order at the counter kind of fast food restaurants no drive-through all three of them they're more of that like kind of like higher end craft burger fast food shit excellent excellent especially five guys phenomenal burgers if you ever make your way to the states try a five guys burger in particular burger five shake shack particularly five guys oh my god they're phenomenal that's definitely one you're missing out on okay back to your question mavs man yeah i agree those uh those fries look like shit and i've you're not the first one who's told me that people have i've, I've heard in the past that in and out burgers phenomenal in and out fries pretty mediocre the whole reason why you're supposed to get the fries animal style is because all the toppings and shit make the the boring ass fries otherwise edible i i, I get that but man i'm looking here at the images right now on, on on bing and i gotta be honest man those those burgers look phenomenal i really i don't assume that they're gonna be the best fast food burger ever like every fucking like hollywood uh butt fuck wants you to believe but i uh i can't deny that they look delicious so i'm sure i'm sure there is some level of hype that this restaurant lives up to and i would like to try them so i will be back to california you know mark my words i i have to go back you know cars land at disney's california adventures there i cannot be away from it for too long so i will make my way back to california and this time i'm planning on making the trek to in and out if, if nothing for those burgers alone but yeah the the fries look lame as shit i so i appreciate you trying to soften the blow there lethal migraine says i had a popeye spicy chicken sandwich just yesterday it's okay to get its just okay taste out of my mouth. I went to Raising Cane's and got some chicken strips. Holy hell, the line was long. But due to COVID, you can't just go inside the store and all. So I waited 45 minutes in the drive-thru for those perfectly cooked, magical-tasting chicken strips. Well, Lethal Migraine, first of all, 45 minutes for magical-tasting chicken strips I think is completely reasonable. So you made the right move there. But you shitting on the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich makes me want to just bend you over my fucking leg and spank you like a mother disciplining her seven-year-old boy who just got into all of mama's makeup and wasted $45 of high-end Dillard's bullshit on their stupid face. Listen here, okay, Lethal Migraine? You can't just be contrarian to everything. I understand. We have differing tastes. I appreciate that you listen to the show and support it nonetheless, but you can't just be contrarian to everything I say. I say Halo's great. You say Halo's awful. I say Destiny's good. You say it's the worst game ever made. I say the Popeye's chicken sandwich is good. You say fuck you, Raising Cane's. I've never even had Raising Cane's because I just I never had access to one, so fuck, fuck me, I guess. Now, after you commented with this, I did go onto the YouTube and watch videos of Raising Cane's, my favorite professional food eater, Matt Stoney, uh, recently uploaded a video where he did a Raising Cane's ate the entire menu kind of food challenge, and it was wonderful to watch. 
Raising Cane's looks delicious. It looks like Zaxby's. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it tastes different, but it looks like Zaxby's. I would love to try it, but like, come on, man. Just like for once, man, just give credit where credit's due. The Popeye spicy chicken sandwich just is good. Like, don't, don't say it's okay. You know, it's good. Admit it. It's okay. No one's going to laugh at you, Lethal Migraine. Just admit it. You like it. All right, Joe Murphy says, so I wonder if you can tell me if the Series X would work pretty good with my 1080p TV until I get a 4K 120 120 FPS TV. Uh, so you talk about food. I was wondering if you talked about the holiday pies or cakes. Okay, this is this is a loaded question, Joe. So let's let's break this up. So you're saying, I wonder if my 1080p TV will get me by until I get a 4K 120 hertz TV uh, for the Series X. So obviously, speaking of lethal migraine, People like Lethal Migraine and Count Skyla uh, and stuff. There are people in this audience who are way more technically savvy when it comes to this shit. So anyone who wants to comment to Joe's uh, comment here or respond to Joe's comment, feel free to reach out and, and add some more you know knowledge because I know a lot of you guys out there have more technical know-how than I do. But I did do a little bit of uh, TV research over this past year as I also made the jump from 1080p to 4k this year. So I have a little bit of understanding on this subject and I can try to shed some light on this. So will the Xbox Series X be a worthy upgrade even if you only have a 1080p TV? So in my opinion, yes and no. So if it depends what you prioritize or what you value. If you want a new Xbox that loads games super fast and is super powerful and just, you know, like load times are no longer a thing, multitasking things are no longer a thing, you have an older Xbox One it's kind of getting sluggish and, and, and buggy, then I think the Xbox Series X is totally a worthy investment right now and obviously it's going to it's going to be good to you over the years because eventually like you say here you will get a 4k tv and uh, you know so eventually you'll be able to get more value out of it plus you know eventually you know games are going to stop being supported on and made for xbox one so you'll have to have a series s or x so so of course i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know if your ultimate goal is to stick with Xbox and to get a 4K TV, yeah, by all means, get the Series X now. Because, yeah, the easier option would be to just recommend, well, buy an Xbox Series S because the Series S offers the speed and performance of the Xbox Series X without the need for, like, 4K and all that shit. But the reality... But the thing is, if you're if you're planning on buying a 4K TV anyway, then I don't see what's so wrong with just getting the Series X now, you know, securing it now so you can play the games, enjoy the fat, the, the speediness of the Series X and the quicker downloads and just the quick resume and all the all the fun next-gen features. And then when you get around to getting a 4K TV, it's like, you know, it's like getting a next-gen console all over again because now you have access to the HDR and the 120 FPS and the 4K and all that shit. So it's kind of like buying the thing now, getting half the features now, and then the other half of the features later on when you inevitably upgrade TVs. Like, if you're 100% going to get a, a 4K TV that supports 4K 120 FPS then yeah, the Series X is the way to go. But if you are, you know, if if that doesn't matter to you as much, you just want the new Xbox and 1080p doesn't bother you or you don't really care about performance and all that shit that, or uh, fidelity that much, then sure, just get an Xbox Series uh, S. Save yourself 200 bucks, whatever. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's my two cents. Other people, I'm sure, have a lot more knowledge on it and might want to chime in. So feel free to do so. But your other question here says, so you talk about food. I was wondering if you talked about holiday pies or cakes or what are your favorites? Pumpkin pie and cheesecake are my favorites. Well, those are two really good favorites. I am also an avid lover of the pumpkin pie and of course the cheesecake, one of my absolute favorites. So 
You know, for my Thanksgiving this past week, my girlfriend and I went a little bit small because it was just the two of us. So we didn't we didn't go like all out and make like a billion things like, you know, like families would do. So desserts, you know, not not wanting to spend the whole day cooking and cooking just for the two of us and no one else. We decided to kind of like cheapen out on the desserts. So I just bought one of those like frozen Pepperidge Farms, like German chocolate cakes that you just like pull out of the freezer, thaw for an hour and eat. And so that was the dessert we went with this year, which, and that was really more for my girlfriend than it was for me. She wanted that. I would have gone with a cheesecake because I'm a cultured man who likes a a nice uh, cheesecake factory, frozen cheesecake. Um, But, you know, last minute on on Thanksgiving day, I was like, oh, my buddy Hunter might be interested in in coming by. He's being a good Samaritan, staying away from his family so that he doesn't spread the virus and, 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 and cause any damage to his family and loved ones. So I said, well, why don't you come over to our place? We've got a German chocolate cake. And he said, oh, cool. Should I bring anything? And I said, you know what? Cheesecake. And then he brought cheesecake because he's a good boy who wants to spread happiness and cheer to the world. So my friend Hunter saved the day. He came, came as the kids would say, he came in clutch right at the end, came over to my place, he brought a cheesecake. So we did have cheesecake. It was wonderful. But yeah, I mean, Definitely cheesecake all day. I, lo- I love cheesecake. As as far as pie pie goes, I do like pie. I like pumpkin pie, apple pie, blueberry pie. I like cobblers. I love cobblers, actually. I'm a pretty big pie guy. I think the pecan pie is kind of just a vegetable in disguise. It's a little disgusting to me that you would put nuts in a pie. Uh, now, there is such a thing as a, a pecan pie with a bunch of chocolate chips, and that one I can muster through, but... I'm not crazy about, you know, some of those weird pies that people try to get into where they go like, I don't know, like I like a key lime pie, but not if you're going to like, I don't know, I feel like people are putting like Brussels sprouts and shit in some of these pies trying to trick people into eating right with come dessert time. And that's just not my thing. But yeah, as far as these things go, growing up, the tradition was always an apple pie. My mom would make like fresh apple pies from scratch and they were phenomenal. And so that's like what I associate with Thanksgiving is like a cinnamon apple pie. It's very fall themed. It's very festive. Uh, I used to help her make them and things like that. But now that I'm older, you know, I'm I'm more fixated on like the mashed potatoes and the stuffing and and the mac and cheese and the carbs. And then, you know, come dessert, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. Get a frozen cheesecake or something. I'm, you know, I'm good. So that's what we did this year. But let me know uh, what, what what else, what did you guys eat for dessert this past Thanksgiving? Now, speaking of Thanksgiving, my brother says, Thanksgiving caused me to go two days without my Xbox. Hashtag start the war on Thanksgiving. And that's because you're a dumb bitch. She's got to work Black Friday. Joe Murphy comes back from the dead and says, just want to say I love your show. Uh, When you were in California, you didn't miss out much on not having In-N-Out. I live here and I don't like it. Now, that comment was probably definitely meant to be put earlier up there to go with Mavs man, but I fucked up, but yeah, thanks for writing in a lot of you guys, Pat, uh, you know, assuring me that I'm not missing much by not having had in and out. It's still, it's still a must do, you know, it's not even, it's not even really like a when in Rome type deal. It's really more of like a, as an avid and lifelong fast food connoisseur, I owe it to myself to try in and out. So it's really more about that than anything. But I do appreciate you guys softening the blow there. And then Dead Captain James says, the reason why you hate Chick-fil-A is the exact reason why I love them so much. And now Dead Captain James, we normally agree, you know, a, a lot and I, and I, or it seems like we do. And, you know, you know, you're one of the, you're one of the ones I respect more than others, but I don't appreciate you condoning the good customer service and the friendly atmosphere that Chick-fil-A tries to create for their customers. It's just fucking creepy. 
but you know, teach you zone. Uh, and then our penultimate comment of the week is from Mr. Miggy, who says, hallelujah, Phil Spencer likes the DualSense controller, so maybe we'll get those extra features in the future. And I secured an Xbox Series X pre-order from Be- or order from Best Buy yesterday. Now I just have to wait till Friday to pick it up. Too bad I won't be able to experience Cold War at 120 FPS since I didn't like the beta and I'm boycotting them uh, for the deal they made with PlayStation and the price increase, which means I'm just waiting for a price drop, which is fine. I prefer Modern Warfare 2019 anyway. Wow, Mr. Miggy, that is a loaded comment there. Okay, so the thing about Phil Spencer liking the DualSense controller, Phil Spencer just Phil Spencer's such an impartial leader. You know, he's he, he's so like he's so civil. You know, he's so he's so diplomatic and, and and just kind to the opponents all the time so it doesn't surprise me that he said that but yes i agree it would be cool if the series x sees some of those like adaptive trigger features in the future uh insert lethal migraine telling me why that's dumb i still love you lethal migraine please let's make up our differences and 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 eat a popeye's chicken sandwich together and then you say too bad i won't be able to experience cold war at 120 fps blah 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 so this is funny because last year you know for all of you who haven't been listening to the show since the very beginning last year when modern warfare came out i was boycotting that game because i was like this is bullshit the whole spec ops survival mode is exclusive to ps4 for a year before it comes to xbox that's bullshit they're withholding content i refuse to support this game i will not buy it i will i'll wait till it's like 30 or 20 bucks because that's what they're giving me is a game that's worth less, so I will pay less for that game. And then I immediately caved like a little bitch, and like the second day the game was out, I just downloaded it anyway. So that is a perfect example of me just being a whiny little bitch, and then, um, and then you know, backtracking and, and and being hypocritical. And so this year when they did the same thing again, and they're like Black Ops Cold War, PlayStation players get this extra zombies mode for a year before Xbox and PC. I was actually initially really pissed because I was like, that's actually worse than Spec Ops Survival because something zombies related is like a way bigger deal than something Spec Ops related. Zombies is such a big part of Call of Duty. So that's like extra bullshit. Plus you're right, it is, it is $10 more to buy the game next gen for no fucking reason when the game like is like the exact same shit on Xbox One and Series X. So I agree, there's plenty of reasons Activision gave us here to not support the game, especially on Xbox and PC. But my stupid ass was just like, eh, whatever, I'm a hypocrite, I'll just buy it again anyway. Because I did play the beta and I liked it quite a bit. And so I guess I'm a fuckboy. Actually, the, the main reason why initially, before I even played the beta, why I wanted to boycott Cold War was actually because the original trailer for Cold War had that Tiananmen Square scene. And then China like threw a little fit because there were a bunch of fucking bitches over in China, or politically, not not the people. And they they bitched to Activision, and Activision kowtowed and, and removed the Tiananmen Square like sequence, which was like two fucking seconds of the trailer, and re- removed it to appease the Chinese fuckboys um, because they're communist cuck lords. And so that was one of those moments where I was like, I was like, I should not buy this game because fuck communist China and fuck Activision for, you know, like selling out his, you know, selling out for the fucking money and just like erasing and trying to not, you know, piss off these communists to, you know, make their game available to sell to the Chinese market. It's, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, this is a perfect example of like when you're a company that has power and influence and you can make a fucking difference in the world by saying 
Tiananmen Square happened. The Chinese government is fucking awful to their people, and this exposure is warranted. And then you have the opportunity to lose money by doing the right thing, and you go, "Well, fuck it. We'll just uh, we'll just cower and uh, and remove this shit so that we can appease these fucking evil communists and continue to oppress the voices of the innocent people of China." But that's just fucking me, I guess. That that pissed me off. I'm sure most people don't really care. That that made me actually livid. So if there's if there's still a part of me that's a little disgusted with myself that I bought this game uh, at full price no less uh, considering that was what happened but that that was the thing that actually tipped me off the most about Cold War but who cares I'm a stupid hypocrite that bought the fucking game for 70 bucks anyway because I'm the worst now that's gonna do it for all of our questions this week thank you guys for holding in for 45 minutes of comments and questions isn't it funny how we managed to milk a shorter comment section for the same amount of time as always but, you know, those are some good questions, guys. We had to get to the bottom of those fast food restaurants for the European audience. And remember, you know, for next week, guys, don't be shy. Reply. Now I'm going to tell you all about what I've been playing this past week. But before I can tell you that, I've got to give you an update on what I've been eating. Guys, the Thanksgiving sandwich hunt continues. I know we talked a little bit about my Thanksgiving experience this past week. But I got to update you. Last week I was telling you about how I was going around to the, the various places getting the Thanksgiving sandwiches. I got the one at the Earl of Sandwich. I got the one at Disney. But now I I tried the one at the Wawa. So Wawa, popular convenience store chain here in Florida, up north in like in like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, whatever. People people be all into that shit, and they have a Thanksgiving sandwich at that at the Wawa at the convenience store Wawa. And uh, everyone says you got to try it. It's absolutely the best. Uh, Thanksgiving sandwich out there ever. So, you know, me, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to have this. Everyone says it's the absolute best. I go to the Wawa, I order it. It's 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 fine. I get in, I get out. No one's wearing a mask. It's awesome. You know, probably got COVID all over a stupid fucking turkey sandwich. But I get out of there. I get the sandwich. I get, I get to a safe place to eat it. And I got to be honest, it was just okay. Like, it was pretty good. It was worth the seven and a half bucks or whatever I paid for it. And I'm glad I tried it. You know, it's like a bucket list thing. I can knock that off there. Um, but it it was definitely not the best I've ever had, you guys. If you've if you're if you're one of the people out there saying that Wawa has the best Thanksgiving sandwich, the best turkey Thanksgiving sandwich on the market, that just means you've never had the Earl of Sandwich, because the Earl of Sandwich has a far superior Thanksgiving sandwich, just by and large. So I'm going to stick to that because now that I've had the two, especially in such quick succession, I can I can aptly compare them and I must I must stand by my earlier stance of that Earl of Sandwich Thanksgiving sandwich is just phenomenal. Now, additionally, I want to, you know, acknowledge the fact that starting today, actually, the time I'm recording this, the McRib is back on the menu. Now, a couple of you have commented out and said, oh, the McRib, talk about the McRib. Have you had the McRib? I have never had a McRib from McDonald's, and I have no interest in having a McRib. It actually looks repulsive, and I'm just generally not a massive pork fan anyway. But you know what? I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm given into the peer pressure, so I plan on, in the near future, going to my local McDonald's and picking up a McRib just to give it a try. You know, McDonald's has never steered me wrong before. I don't see why they would now. So I do plan on getting the McRib, and I just want to put that out there that it is on the docket, and I will report back as soon as I've had the experience. So thank you all for your patience while we wait for that to happen. But uh, yeah, just look forward to that in the coming weeks. Now that's what I've been eating. And as far as what I've been playing, you know, I've been playing some more Black Ops Cold War. I'm starting to kind of sunset that game. I finally, I, you know, I did my first prestige. Done with the campaign. I was, I've been done with the campaign for a while. I still got a lot of zombies to play for sure. 
But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm enjoying the multiplayer a lot. It's one of those things where, like, I'll play, like, four really good games in a row of multiplayer and be like, yeah, this is the most fun I've had with Call of Duty in a long time. And then I'll hit a wall of, like, wow, everyone in this fucking lobby is just camping and camping and camping. And I want to hurt myself. This fucking sucks. And then, you know, it's just kind of back and forth like that. But... It, that leads me to the realization. It's like, wait a minute, man. Like, I, I don't have to do this to myself. Like, Master Chief Collection exists. It's Xbox Series X optimized. Halo 5 exists. It's like my favorite fucking multiplayer game out there, pretty much. Like, why would I subject myself to, like, shitty Call of Duty players when I could just play Halo? You know? So I, I've put in the probably like 20, 30 hours of Black Ops so far. So I've definitely gotten my time and money's worth, I think. And like I said, I'll, I'll stick with zombies, but I'm trying to like sunset my time with the multiplayer on Black Ops because I don't need that frustration. I don't need that Call of Duty nerdy ass community getting in my way. So I went back to Halo. I've been playing a lot of Master Chief Collection. And I gotta be honest, now that the new Series X update is there, Halo 4 with the FOV slider turned all the way up is my new shit. Like I, I love Halo 4 with the FOV slider turned up it just feels so fast i love it it's uh it's like a very unique and specific way to play halo and i think it works for that halo better than any of the others and so i've just been enjoying the hell out of some halo 4 this past week so that's a uh, that's my multiplayer fun now as for like my more single player fun i've been digging deeper into yakuza kiwami 2 as i started last week i planned on finishing it this week but you know I'm, I'm busy with stuff i got i got cheesecakes to eat i've got disney theme parks to go to i'm a very busy man um so i'm i'm working on finishing that i'm actually pretty much at the very end i probably like probably in like the last two hours of the game it's pretty good i what i'm finding with the yakuza games is like i started with zero and then I, now i'm playing the one and two remakes I find that, like, I like each game from a story perspective just, like, a little bit less than the previous one, which is, like, actually, I don't know that I entirely agree with that. Maybe I put the sequel, like, on par with the first one, but, like, I feel like Yakuza 0 was just, like, 10 out of 10 masterpiece. I fucking love that game. But now, like, with the remakes of 1 and 2, Kiwami 1 and 2, I'm I'm finding that, like, I like them a lot, but they're, they're more of, like, eight out of tens for me story-wise where i'm like okay these are a little more like just you know along for the ride but in all fairness those are remakes of the original two yakuza games from like 15 years ago so yakuza zero is a newer game from like three or four years ago so obviously they had a lot of time to work on the characters in the world and the story over the course of 15 years so the fact that the games have only gotten better is promising that you know the more i play yakuza the more i'll like these stories but I wouldn't say, you know, I'm almost done with my third Yakuza game. They're all lengthy games. They're all big commitments. I wouldn't regret, I, I wouldn't say that I regret playing a single one of these so far. And I still highly, highly recommend them. This is just, this is like my new favorite series that I never thought I would ever give a try. But I'm so glad I did because, I mean, just, wow, these games are really great. And I'm really hoping that they'll find a way to bring more of them to Xbox so that I don't have to use my PS4 in order to like catch up and play three, four, five, and six, but that might be the case. Anyway, so that's what I've been playing this week, guys. Let's, uh, without any, you know, we, we're dragging here. Let's jump into the news, okay? It's not a very long news week, but we'll get into it. All right, our first one comes from Xbox Wire, and it says that this month marks the start of the next-gen console for Xbox. Of course, that's referring to November, not December, with the release of the new consoles. And the team at Xbox is excited to continue to bring new ways to make your experience on Xbox even better. This month's release 
includes now this month's release is referring to a new uh, UI and, and dashboard update. It's saying it includes new options for dynamic backgrounds, optimized for Xbox Series X and S badges to make it easier to know when your games are optimized for new generation for the new generation, and new ways to discover games on Game Pass, as well as other bu- uh, bug fixes and performance improvements. Now the post kind of like itemizes every big update here. So I figured we just kind of go through them one by one. So the first one and the big one for me is the personalization of your Xbox Series X or S with new dynamic background designs. Dynamic backgrounds are a few uh, are a new feature for Xbox Series X and S, giving gamers the ability to customize their home screen with motion and color. The update adds six new options, including homages to previous generations of Xbox consoles and others based on popular profile themes. Now, this is the one I'm most excited to see because when the Xbox Series X first came out, I was like, okay, I really want to see what these new themes are. Uh, you know they're just going to keep adding and adding to these over time. So the fact that they're adding not only new ones, but more like dynamic ones and more like you know interesting ones than just the basic color ones that they had at launch makes me pretty excited. In fact, let me pause this recording, turn on my Xbox, and see if the update's already on my console and if I already have access to these. I'm actually really curious to check this out. So let's check that real quick. Hang on a second. All right, so I just checked. It doesn't look like I have any new ones. I Okay, we'll see what's up with that. Six new options. Yeah, I only have like the basic six or whatever that come with it to begin with, but we'll we'll wait for that update. Now, next it says the uh, next addition to this update is identify which games are using auto HDR with new tech tags. So Xbox Series X and X are the best place to play thousands of games, blah, 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 across generations. Besides decreased load times and improved frame rates, Xbox Series X and X customer, blah, 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 enjoy improved visuals, blah, 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 features called auto HDR. Okay, when the auto HDR setting is turned on your console, it can improve the visual quality of a game without changing its overall look with no additional work from the developer. When you open the guide during a game with an auto HDR with auto HDR running, you'll see a new tag to let you know the game is benefiting from this feature, which I really appreciate. That's kind of like when the game, you know, t- says quick resume when it's using quick resume or says optimize for series X and S. So you just know like, hey, not only does this assure the, the user that, you know, these features exist and, and work, but, you know, it's kind of like a cool way to be like, hey, look at all these new features and, and perks you get for playing on the cooler, newer hardware. So that's nice there. Um, these are things that, like, I didn't think I'd care about as much until you started seeing the reports of, like, PlayStation 5 issues where, like, people were downloading, like, Spider-Man Miles Morales on their PS5. But then the PlayStation would, like, default to playing the PS4 version of the game on their PS5 and kind of be like a nightmare to try and figure out how to get it to run the PS5 version for some reason. So that's not me trying to like hate on PlayStation, but like that's an actual thing that's happening. So these are the kinds of things that make me really happy that Xbox really focused on, you know, marketing these things like quick resume and, and, and Xbox series X enhanced and shit like that. And, you know, so that we know when we're getting these features activated and not, cause some, some of these things are more subtle and also some of these things, you know, it's just, it's just harder for some people to understand what's what these things are. So it's nice to have these little indicators to talk down to us and and tell us that our money or, or our purchase for a $500 Xbox Series X has been validated. Next, we've got the Optimize for Series X and S badge to let you know which games are optimized. So to make it easier to see which of your games have been optimized, the badge shows up in the My Games and Apps section in both the games and full library views. You can also use the filter button to see the Optimize only for Series X and S games. That's already been there, so that's not, that's not a new thing. Uh, check your Achievement Status to Game Activity tab. So this just says the game activity tab is your single place uh, in the guide to explore things. 
to do in the game that you're currently playing. Hunt those achievements, easily join your friends or others playing the game, or discover in-game events. That's right, from the comfort of your guide. So it's kind of like that uh, friend activity hub, which is nice. Next, add family member accounts during the setup of the console. So this is like adding that feature that is in the new Android and iOS app that lets you kind of set up the family options and everything when you're booting up the console for the first time. Makes it easier for families and shit like that. I don't really care. That's not applicable to us more adult badass Xbox gamers like I know we all are and then lastly the pre-installed games uh, that are coming soon to game pass which means that now you can view add to play later and even pre-install certain games before they come to xbox game pass just head over to game pass the game pass app on your console or mobile phone and look for the coming soon section while not all the games in the coming soon section can be pre-installed there is a special feature for game pass mobile app that lets you queue the rest to install uh, on day one so as soon as it's available to install it'll just automatically do so which is really really nice though you'll still have to play wait to play the games like everyone else your games can be downloaded and ready to play the day it's available so you don't have to deal with all that bullshit or be surprised when you forgot to do it in advance so those are really really nice features and those are just some of the quality life improvements coming to series x that should be rolling out you know over the course of the next few days most of you probably have already gotten these features on your Series X or S, but yeah, I, lo I love that shit. I really love the Xbox. I don't know, I, I feel like, you know, say what you will about the games, which is, of course, always the most important part, but I think there's no denying that just from, from the quality of life improvements and the platform, like the online services and just all the features and little nods and thoughtful details, I think there's just no denying that Xbox, in my opinion, is just vastly superior than all the other consoles. That's not even me just trying to be a fanboy. That's me just trying to acknowledge how much hard work the Xbox team puts into just making sure these consoles really are fully fleshed out with features and indicators and, and options to help players personalize, understand their consoles, and take advantage of all the features that it has to offer. You know, I think of something like the Nintendo Switch, which has, you know, a really awesome OS in that it's super bare bones and light, so it's really fast and fluid. But the OS, you know, still to this day sucks because it's missing so many features we come to expect from consoles. And it's also like missing. It's it's also like you go to like the store on the Switch and it just has like no search or filter features. It's just a total fucking mess. And I remember when the Switch first came out, everyone was like, oh, well, you know, they'll add more features to the store and they'll add Netflix and shit like that down the road. This is just you know, some bare bones launch stuff. So that's normal. And now here we are like four years into the Switch's life and it's like, nope, they just they just don't give a shit. They're just not adding a web browser to the Switch. So, you know, you can argue about whether or not these things are needed. But when I think of Xbox, I think about how, you know, they have every feature you can imagine. They lay it out and organize it just so. And it's, I don't know, it's really clear and concise and very, very much geared towards personalization, ease of use, accessibility, and just, you know, player choice. So that sounds very PR of me to say, but this is something I really do recognize with Xbox, and it's one thing I really love about the console. Anyway, next story here. Let's stop sucking on Phil Spencer's you-know-what and, uh, and jump on some hate boner news. So next next story uh, from Windows Central. In a tweet, 343 Industries community director Brian Jared called Fresh Halo Infinite rumors unfounded. He's of course referring to recent rumors that claim that among other things, Halo Infinite would likely launch between March and June of 2021, and also that the game would have a Battle Royale mode. Uh, his tweet reads, Nothing gets post-holiday Monday going like fresh, unfounded Halo Infinite rumors. This wasn't the first wave of rumors surrounding Halo Infinite and uh, that 343 Industries has publicly debunked, and it probably won't be the last due to the uh, how infrequently official information is given. 
To assuage fan concerns, Jared wrote a follow-up tweet that indicates that the developer understands how frustrating it is to not hear anything official about the game for such a long time, and that 343 Industries is in the process of pulling together a year-end update uh, that will give some insight into aspects about Halo Infinite that the developer is overdue uh, on an eager to talk and eager to talk about more. So, yeah, I mean, normally I don't try to report on bullshit rumors, but he- but here's the thing. And this one's kind of a loaded one. I'm not saying that this specific rumor about Battle Royale coming to Halo Infinite is legit, but we've talked. I talked about it on the podcast before. I know I've mentioned it on the podcast. I don't specifically remember when, but I know you know in the past six months or so, this year, it's come up on the podcast. Many reputable and reliable sources out there have said that 343 has developed and planned battle royale modes for halo before it's not it's not new the original rumor was that and this is from like like good sources you know according to according to you know colin moriarty who's someone in the industry that i trust greatly that the year that battlefield 5 came out i think that was 2018 that 343 was going to have a demo of a battle royale mode for halo 5 for xbox one that year and then like a few days before that, when EA did their whole Battlefield Firestorm Battle Royale reveal, and they got like a really awful response, and everyone was super like, ah, fuck this about that. They were immediately like, uh-uh, we retract this, we're not going to do this, It's we're, we're, we're pulling it back. And the rumor since then has basically been that they've been kind of retooling and thinking about this Battle Royale mode, and maybe it'll end up in Halo Infinite and all that. And so... I definitely believe, you know, I, I don't know how much validity there are to all aspects of this rumor, but I definitely believe in my heart of hearts that 343 has considered for sure, like on a very serious level, making a battle royale game, whether Halo for whether it was for Halo 5 or Halo Infinite or a standalone thing. And I am pretty certain or pretty confident that they've at least, you know, developed maybe like made some early builds or some like concept developments of like a battle royale mode for halo i really do believe they've done that and this is like you know i i'm a big 343 fan you guys know that you know that i'm one of those like i don't understand why everyone just thinks bungie is the end all be all and that 343 can do no can do no right i'm one of those like big 343 defenders but if i if i can be critical about 343 in any one way i will say this 343 definitely comes off in general as more as more of like a perfectionist on a pre-existing formula rather than a like true spearheader innovative kind of thing nothing about halo 4 or 5 is like wow the world has never seen this in a video game before you know but bungie's halo had a lot of that you know halo 1 was just immediately like the most innovative thing at the time it came out halo 2 like ushered in the era of online gaming with 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 xbox live you know halo 3 with forge and all in like forge mode and map content creation and recording your games and in theater mode and all that shit like every time bungie made a halo game they just pushed the envelope so far they did so much innovating and so much like new like industry bar setting standard shit and I think Bungie still has that spirit because, like, say what you want about Destiny, but, like, Destiny definitely, like, Destiny came out in September 2014, and every game since Destiny came out has some form of Destiny influence on it, whether it's, like, something stupid like the 
you know, how all of a sudden, ever since Destiny came out, menus on video game, like on console games now have the whole like PC scrolling where like you use the analog stick to move around the menu and then like the press and hold A to select or destroy or dismantle. Like all that stuff from Destiny, like all came from Destiny and now like every fucking game has that these days. And just and, and just stuff like the shared world shooter kind of uh, light MMO thing that Destiny is like elements of that or that genre entirely has been so influential this past generation like that is a bungee thing is they just innovate and set trends and you know they they they, they're just a trendsetter i don't know what else to say like people do things bungee does bungee starts it people follow it 343 not so much now halos 4 and 5 two of my favorite video games of all time i think they're phenomenal games especially halo 5 i think halo 5 is such an awesome game top to bottom they are really well polished, really well developed, amazing mechanically, really great ideas, really like, uh, like polished and next, I don't know, highly, highly finely tuned versions of Halo. But there's nothing about like when Halo 5 came out that was like, wow, the world has never seen a game like this. You know, it didn't try to do something we never seen. In fact, you could argue Halo 5 tried to like be like a little oddly like dated in a way, how it tried to push that like four player squad based like revive one another kind of co-op campaign, which is weird because that felt like something from like the late PS2 to mid PS3, like the, the late Xbox to mid 360 kind of era. Like that felt like a very like 2004 to 2008 kind of feature for Halo 5 to add. And then, you know, Halo 5's other big thing was like Warzone, which is a really cool big team battle mode, but there was nothing about it that was like trend setting, you know? So Halo under 343's guide has been a little bit more like imitative imitative than it has been innovative and that's kind of like to 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 borrow something that dr halsey says about you know the the covenant in in the halo universe it's like you know if 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 bungie are like the humans or the forerunner where they are like spearheading and innovating and 343 is a little more like the covenant where they're just uh you know they do a great job but they they create things we've seen before like even the idea of halo infinite being an open world game like like what we're about to see is like not a it's not like an unfounded thing it's not like everyone's gonna be like wow the idea to make Halo an open world game, we've never seen a game become open world. It's not, you know, like fucking Zelda did that three years ago. Like everything's open world nowadays. So that's not a knock against 343. But what I'm saying is that to me lends a lot of credibility that for 343 to not do what they've historically shown us to do, which is jump on trends or do things that are fashionable, like try to do a battle royale mode to assume that 343 wouldn't try to do that seems just i don't know short-sighted to me like i assume they have and and i'm not confident halo infinite will have a battle royale mode in fact i think you know now that we're starting to see that mode wane a little bit in popularity with fortnite finally starting to teeter off a little bit and like PUBG's like not even a thing anymore apparently or it seems like you know just stuff stuff like that it really seems like pretty much just fortnite warzone apex legends seems a little smaller than it used to be but this isn't really a thing that's lighting the world on fire anymore so if, if 343 comes to the table with halo infinite battle royale mode it will just kind of seem like too little too late and so i'm not confident this will be in the game but i do think there is some credibility to the idea that there was at least at one point a halo infinite battle royale mode so that was a really long tangential way of of getting around to that point which is kind of my specialty at this point but i really do believe that there have been serious talks and probably demos and rough builds and intent to put battle royale 
into a Halo game. Uh, I just don't know that I believe that Halo Infinite is getting one, or at least not for now. You know, I think really now the thing is to focus on the main campaign, all of that, and the multiplayer and things like just like your classic Halo multiplayer. So focus on trying to have a complete package in the traditional sense, you know, your campaign, your multiplayer, your forge, and then add in the Battle Royale and the bells and whistles. Have those things be like later down the road things to reinvigorate the game rather than trying to, you know, come out the gate with all that shit. So I think... I think that would be a smarter idea. Um, now, the other part of this rumor, the idea of the game being released between March and June, man, I'm going to, again, stick to my guns on this one. I think Halo Infinite comes out between September and November of 2021. Somewhere between, like, this, this, the third week of September to, like, the second week of November. Somewhere in that time frame is the release date for Halo Infinite. Again, I hope I'm fucking wrong. If we're playing Halo Infinite in the next, like, four to six months, I'll be so happy. I just don't think that's the case. I really, really do not think that's the case. I would love to be wrong. I just, again, whatever. So that's that story there. All right, guys. Our next story here, like I said, is a rather short news week, so we don't have many left. But according to IGN, Xbox has made backwards compatibility a cornerstone feature of its next-gen Series S and X consoles, but I doubt the company intended for the system to be used to play PlayStation 2 games. According to YouTube Modern Vintage Gamer, a loophole in the Series X and S's developer mode lets users boot into a variety of emulators, including ones that support PS2, Dreamcast, and GameCube, and Wii games. Modern Vintage Gamer, who rants and tests on Xbox Series S, proceeded to demo a variety of older games running on a retro arc emulator, including God of War, MGS2, Silent Hill 2, and more. Although no, although not official, of course, it certainly appears that the Xbox Series X and S can play more PS2 games than the than the PS5, which only supports backwards compatibility for PS4 games natively and select PS3 games through PS Now. So this is like kind of more of like a fun one, of course, because this isn't like anything official. You know, people are putting their new Xboxes into developer mode and then are able through some loopholes to play backwards compatibility games it's you know it's not it's not a a big thing you know emulation it's not like a new thing people buy like those uh mini nes sega genesis consoles all the time and and emulate them plug them into a computer download a bunch of shit on them so you know stuff like this isn't unheard of this is just a really cool like little quote-unquote hack you can do i'm sure you could watch a youtube video and learn how to do this real fast if you wanted to uh but it's so funny to see that you know the xbox series s and x are able to emulate these PS2 games, you know, through these emulators, of course. Whereas, you know, on the PS5, you still just don't have any support whatsoever for these older games. Um, you know, now that we're actually talking about it, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have put this one in the show notes because it does seem a little fanboy to have this conversation because I don't have anything like super thought-provoking or contributive to have to, to add to this conversation. But I don't know, man, like... I guess this is just a really cool and fun way to add some more variety and value to your Xbox if you're interested in trying this out. I know I would like to add some Dreamcast games in particular onto my Xbox Series X, but I know it just drives me nuts to think that like on Xbox we get every generation of Xbox available to us, you know, forwards, backwards compatibility, whatever. But then on like PlayStation, it's like, yeah, you get the new games and you get last generation and that's about it. And it's just it's fucking crazy to me that they don't have a solution for that on PlayStation. I really hope they do address it because especially like PS2 and PS1, those are really good generations to just kind of leave out in the dust. But if you are looking for some classic Xbox, PS2, GameCube era gaming, looks like your Series X has got you covered in all 
in all sorts of ways, making it the ultimate gaming machine. Now, our next story comes from Windows Central, and I really don't know what to make of this one either, but let's just jump in real quick. Online video game event platform, Smash GG, uh, have announced that it has announced that it has entered an acquisition agreement with Microsoft. The company, rooted in tools to host and support um, esports events, reportedly looks to join Redmond for an undisclosed sum, further bolstering its game uh, gaming presence alongside the Xbox brand. Smash.gg announced the deal via its official website, and they are headquartered in San Francisco, where Smash.gg first started operation in 2015 as a platform for esports events around Nintendo's Super Smash Bros. game. No surprise considering the name. Its services have since expanded to other titles, although its name and presence remain closely tied to the fighting game, to the fighting genre. Its suite of tools offer support to grassroots and professional organizations, organizers handling management payment and analytics through an all-inclusive platform. The quote from the Smash GG account or website says, quote, since we started in 2015, our goal has been to build active esports scenes around the games that people love to play. Today, we're excited to announce the next step in the journey by joining Microsoft to help strengthen our existing relationships and explore new opportunities. Smash.gg will continue as a self-service esports platform available to tournament organizers from all the game communities. If you have any questions about the existing tournaments, please reach out, blah, blah, blah. So that's the end of that quote. Microsoft have also confirmed the news during their uh, via their MSN esports Twitter account, which has a, a, a measly 400 followers basically and it states that their their tweet states that even more support and opportunities uh, for the organization it may seem like an unexpected acquisition for microsoft with the smash gg best known for smash bros of course which is a nintendo game even down to its brand identity but with some steady expansion over the past five years the acquisition signals further diversification with its services stressing availability across all game communities and microsoft have the uh, portfolio to bring smash gg to new audiences, whether it be the Xbox, uh, its MSN esports franchise, or even back-end developer tools like PlayFab. Microsoft generally have has a positive image in the gaming scene with its Xbox platform being a crucial division in its gaming efforts, but that also comes with the resentment in some gaming communities following its decision to shutter its Mixer live streaming platform in early 2020. But for Smash GG, it's natural progression with the company previously suggest the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic had an impact on the bottom line, it stated that lots of conversations were underway to maintain growth amid the rumors of closure, including talks about acquisition in combination with services. It appears that Microsoft was the ideal partner, potentially saving the platform and placing the spotlight alongside a broader gaming portfolio. So, sorry that one took so long. The main thing I want to mention here before we start speculating what this could mean is that Smash.gg made it very clear that fundamentally they'll be able to keep operating and doing the same shit they've always been doing. And that this doesn't mean, you know, they're being ripped apart for assets or like functionality or anything like that. This is just Microsoft owning them and allowing them to basically continue on as they were, or at least for now. So any thought that this is like them buying that this company so they can like integrate some features and aspects into Xbox, it's like, nope. This is a, a thing they continue to apparently let be operated and, and controlled as is. But why? Why buy this? You know, Mixer was such a big official video game streaming platform that they shuttered because it wasn't performing as they wanted to. But this is such a smaller, more niche kind of thing that's centered solely around esports. And the only thing I can think of is that, you know, Microsoft has made it very clear 
especially during the Xbox One generation, that they really want to get into the esports scene. They really want to play a big role there. You know, we've seen that with Halo 5 pushing really hard to be like that and, and stuff like that. But it's just, it's so crazy to think that Microsoft is trying in some form or fashion to jump back into this let's own a platform for streaming and try to, you know, get involved with this shit again. I I don't think they have similar intentions with this as they did with Mixer, obviously, but they undoubtedly want to be a part of the gaming streaming community and esports in particular. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this kind of operate as its own thing for a while and try to keep it very separate from Xbox. But at the same time, I have no insight as to what they could be planning long term for this so especially considering so many of the kinds of games that this this service is known for which is a lot of like japanese games and fighting games aren't the kinds of games you find on xbox it's a lot of like nintendo and playstation games of all things so it's not like they even have a lot of franchises they can really leverage this with it's not like they have killer instinct still around or anything like that so the only thing i can think of really is that you know there's a lot of talk about these communities being toxic and a lot of issues within these communities. And Xbox, of course, trying to be the poster child of like the good guys and, you know, spreading positivity and being a more inclusive gaming brand and trying to bring people together rather than divide with brands is maybe they, they can somehow fold this into part of their portfolio of like good guy Microsoft trying to spread more ways for people to engage with gaming and somehow work this into like their new vision for the the world of gaming because keep in mind like a lot of this is like a lot of what they're working on right now isn't just xbox itself a lot of this is like trying to get other parts of the world more interested in the xbox brand x cloud things like that and so when you start to think about you know getting the asian market involved and getting more people on on pc and stuff involved through x cloud through pc gaming and everything suddenly this platform maybe makes a little more sense um, but especially because the, the platform's already kind of struggling right now, it just seems like such a weird time to buy this. But then again, you know, they were probably able to pick up this, this, this team for next to nothing. When I, when you think about what they spent to acquire smash GG, it's, it's probably like literally pennies to them. So I'll be interested to see what they have planned with this. Like, I wish I could offer some more interesting insight, but I just literally have zero idea of like what they could possibly be wanting to do with this especially since they just got out of things with mixer they clearly don't want to be in just game streaming so maybe they're trying to find a new angle a new twist a lot of times that's what microsoft does is you know something doesn't work you know windows phones didn't work so they made a really quirky and unique android phone you know i don't know maybe that's what microsoft's doing here is you know having a direct twitch competitor didn't work so let's find a new way to get into the streaming market let's specialize in esports let's find something other than you know our flavor of this other product that's already really popular so it's the only thing i can think of really otherwise but i'll be excited to see what your guys's takes are on that and hopefully to learn more about that soon and then our wrap-up story here is just a bunch of new stuff coming to game pass uh, most notably control so you might remember like a year ago phil spencer said on accident on a stream that control was coming to game pass and then remedy got all defensive and was like no it's not no it's not and then it never did well now it is it only took a year later but control is finally coming to game pass so that's a pretty big get uh, but let me read through the list so coming soon we've got control coming to android and console on december 3rd which means it's out now doom eternal is coming to pc uh out now haven is coming to console and pc it's an id at xbox game out now rage 2 is coming to android now slime rancher is coming to android and console out now and then VA11, Hall A, Cyberpunk, Bartender Action, ID at Xbox game. That one's out on PC. 
Yes, Your Grace, Android console and PC out now. Dragon Quest uh, Echoes of the Elusive Age Definitive Edition comes to console and PC December 4th, so this Friday. Call of the Sea comes to Android console and PC. That's December 8th. I'm really excited to play that game, so... That one should be you know, a good one. That was shown at the at the Xbox event in May. Monster Sanctuary, Android and Console, comes out December 8th. Starbound on PC comes out on December 8th. On December 9th, we've got Unto the Dead, Console and PC. Uh, Assetto Corsa coming to Android and Console on December 10th. Additionally, on December 10th, you got Gang Beasts to Android and Console. Greedfall on Android, PC and Console. Super Hot Mind Control Delete, Android and Console. And lastly, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair coming to Android console and PC on December 10th. Now, of course, with all the new games coming, we've got some games leaving. So leaving on December 11th, we've got eFootball PES 2020 leaving console. And then on the rest of the games are leaving December 15th. We've got Age of Wonders Planetfall leaving console and PC. Infinifactory leaving PC. Metro Last Light Redux leaving PC. Mud Runner leaving console and PC. Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Striker leaving console. Pathological to console and PC leaving soon or on December 15th. The Turning Test leaving console and PC. Ticket to Ride leaving console and PC. And lastly, Untitled Goose Game leaving console. I know people liked that one so much. Ticket to Ride. Is that that game that was like really like notably awful? I'd be interested in that. All right, so that's all the big stories now for the quick little important enough news. Stories important enough to make the podcast, but not important enough to warrant their own discussion. We've got just two. It's really a slow news week, guys. Just two. So our first one here is that Microsoft Flight Simulator will get a, will get VR support on December 22nd, and a substantial UK world update will be ready on January 26th. Revealed during the official Microsoft Flight Simulator developer Q&A on Twitch, VR will be added for free for the free Sim Update 2 all um, to all of the big VR headsets, including those from Oculus and Valve. Of course, not PSVR. Uh, no word still on that Xbox Series X release, though. And then the other one here is that IGN reports Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries, a Heroes of the Inner Sphere DLC, has been delayed until spring 2021 to coincide with the launch of the game on Xbox One, Series X, and S in Steam. So Piranha Games revealed that the, the news as part of a blog post on the uh, Mech Warrior 5 website saying that Cyberpunk 2077's release date shifting to December 10th influenced their decision to move the release date, which is a smart move, as this was when the DLC was originally slated to launch. It'll be the first time a Mech Warrior game has been on console has been on console since 2004, uh, when Mech Assault 2 landed on the original Xbox. According to Perna Games, Mech Warrior 5 on Xbox is quote the first true Mech Warrior experience ever on a console. The game comes to PC this month, so if you really can't hold in your pants until spring, there's also that option. That's a pretty cool one because Phil Spencer himself has always said like how he misses Mech Assault and Mech Warrior and wishes that that would come back to Xbox in some way. So there you go. And apparently, you know, the game's been out on PC for a little bit now. Apparently, it's getting pretty good reviews. So that's a actually a pretty decent get, and it's only on Xbox it seems like for consoles. So that, that's a pretty solid one, so there you go. Now it's time for our new game releases from the Xbox Wire. Guys, we're going to blast through them this week because I don't know how the fuck enough people realize or managed to get 22 new games out in the middle of December, but, like, whatever, fuck it. We'll just blast through these because no one cares. We got Chronos Before the Ashes on December 1st. It's a Night and Orcs game. We got Empire of Sin December 1st, which is one of those games where it's top-down, so you just go to, like, the jazz bar and drink wine. We got Twin Mirror coming December 1st, which is, like, Quantum Break, but with a blonde-haired guy instead of a guy with jet black hair. Then we got Hybroxia 2 on December 2nd, which is actually... Oh, Hybroxia 
one on December second, which is a game from uh, my favorite podcaster. He owns the studio that makes that. And then we got Pa 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 on December second, which is a game where you play as these little kittens and doggies but they go and fight each other uh but not like michael vick style more like knights and orcs style then we got haven on december 3rd optimized for the series x and s that game looks pretty cool i saw a con- i saw a commercial for it or a trailer for it immortals phoenix rising comes out on december 3rd it is that new ubisoft breath of the wild knockoff games with with a little bit of kid icarus game looks pretty decent let me know how it is if you guys play it fogs comes out on december 3rd i played the demo of this with my girlfriend it's a really cute little like two-player co-op game really ideal for like couples or just lighthearted fun with friends and then a va 11 hall a cyberpunk bartender action which is some nerdy ass text-based uh, porno adventure shit wildfire comes out december 3rd it is a game about forest fires which is really insensitive especially because people from california will play a game wonder blade comes out december 3rd it is a zombie iphone game and then uh, Dark, spelled incorrectly, Complete Edition, December 4th, Xbox One X Enhanced. Who gives a shit about One X Enhanced? We got Series X, you dumb bitch. Go back to developing your game. Dragon Quest Echoes of the Elusive Age, Definitive Edition, December 4th, Play Anywhere, Game Pass, blah, 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 blah. Nerdy-ass Japanese bullshit. Go play your Yakuza, you fuckboy. Duck Life Adventure comes out December 4th. You play as a duck, so it's it's probably at least a 7 out of 10. Uh, Guntastic, December 4th. Looks like a pixel art game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really innovative. Really inspired by our youth. JCB Pioneer Mars is another one of those pretty looking space exploration games when you don't do anything. John Wick Hex is a top-down John Wick game because Keanu Reeves sells really well. Nine Witches Family Disruption is out on December 4th. It's one of those games where the art is so bad you can't tell what you're looking at, but it looks kind of dark and Halloween-themed, so I like that. Ruin Verse December 4th. It's one of those Japanese action role-playing games. Uh, Shoot 1-Up DX is one of those games where you just say a bunch of gamer terms and hope that it sells. And then Sleeping Deeply comes out December 4th. It's like Sea of Thieves, but like made by one of those like Brazilian animation studios that makes those knockoff Pixar Disney movies. Steampunk Tower 2 is one of those tower defense games. Those are always a good time, but that also that's not why you bought the Series X. You got a fucking iPhone for that shit. And that's going to do it for all of our new games of the week, guys. Thank you so much for sticking by with all that. Now, remember, it's December. New games with gold. So let me run through those real quick. For the whole month, you can get uh, The Raven Remastered. So get that through the rest of the year bleed 2 is available from december 16th through january 15th so download bleed 2 i've never heard of that saints row get out of hell uh is available december 1st through 15th it's an xbox 360 backwards compatible game speaking of 360 backwards compatibility we've got stacking as the second uh xbox 360 game available december 16th through 31st and that's going to do it for everything this week, guys. I appreciate you sticking through to the very end. A little bit of a shorter week this week, slower news week. But, you know, next week is the Game Awards, so we'll do another BS news week, and then we'll have a hopefully a bigger blowout week. I don't know. If something crazy happens, if they end up showing Halo Infinite Battle Royale gameplay on Thursday, whatever. I'll do a surprise episode. We'll have to cover it. But I'm just not expecting anything too big, so... Stay tuned for that. I don't know. We'll, we'll be back next week, so don't worry about that. But uh, this week, I figured we'd close out with another song from Count Scottula. Uh, he sent me a handful of songs last time, so I figured, you know, we'll kind of work through those, add those into the mix, you know, instead of just always playing the same old songs from Mr. Eric, who seems to have fallen off the face of the earth. I haven't spoken to Eric in a long time. I hope he's doing all right. If you guys see Eric, be sure to let him know I'm thinking of him, and I'm hoping... That he and his family are doing well. But yeah, our new song here is going to be... Our new song is called This Is What Happens. 
It's from Count Scotula's old band. And now you are listening to that and not listening to me. Guys, remember, it's going to be a full seven days before I see you. So if there's only one thing I want you to take away from this podcast, it's to power your goddamn dreams.